Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, All Kidding Aside. I'm your host, Crystal Bartelzi. This is a podcast where we talk to all kinds of women, women who have kids, women who don't have kids, women who have decided they don't want children, women who are still undecided. Um, I'm super excited today because we have an amazing guest uh, joining me here. We have Polly Esther, who is an actress. She started performing at the age of 28. And uh, such an interesting story. I actually asked her to send me a short little bio so I could introduce her. And she sent me like what feels like 10 pages of such an amazing life. So we have so much to talk about. But a little bit about um, Polly. Um, after walking out on her decade-long marriage at the start of 2000, she started taking improv classes at Second City um, here in Toronto and then ended up in the conservatory with no previous acting experience. She performed at the 2001 Funny Women's Comedy Festival in Chicago. She was part of a live troupe there. She was in, which was called Careless Whisk, uh, Whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Careless Whiskey, great name, which she did uh, two years of stand-up. She switched gears. She moved to the Alumni Theater, where she did every role from stage managing to acting to props to bar manager for the next four years. I'm exhausted already from just <laughs> listing this all. Um, and then feeling overwhelmed by the theater world, Polly stepped away from it for 10 years and then returned to the scene in 2014. And it was the death of Joan Rivers that made her realize women in comedy had opportunities because of her, which is very meaningful to me because I'm a huge Joan Rivers fan. Um, so Polly pushed herself outside her comfort zone and she wrote and started performing in her own one-woman shows. Both Weird Al Saved My Life and Damn It Jim, I'm a Comedian, Not a Doctor, had their debuts off-Broadway at the Solocom Festival in New York City. Um, she's done short pieces at the Toronto Storytelling Festival at the Drake, Witty Woman at May Lounge, and Weird Al Karaoke at Comedy Bar. Uh, she's just, listen to that. Listen to the bio. She's just an amazing woman with amazing stories. So uh, welcome, Polly. So Thanks. excited to have you. I'm very excited to be here. Great. How is, how is your journey here? Um, if, just if you're listening, we're recording out of um, Humber. I'm going to call it Humber Studios, Humber College. <laughs> and Polly was so generous to make the journey out here. So how was, how was your commute? It was totally fine. I, I grew up at uh, Young and Davisville right beside the subway. So, I mean, I've known, you know, I'm in my 40s. So you can get anywhere in the city on the TT. Sometimes it takes a long time, but you can get anywhere. So it was just easy to, to keep playing and then the bus down. Okay, so, so it's part of your life. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, because, okay. you know, I take it sometimes. Um, I'm pretty fortunate I can, like, walk or ride my bike or I do have a vehicle, you know. Like, yeah. I like the TTC, but I don't take it all the time. But I appreciate when people do take it all the time and then they don't complain about it. Yeah, you just mentioned you're in your 40s. And uh, from my understanding, you have no children. Correct. Okay. And uh, I don't know, right off the gates, is that a good thing? For me, yes. 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 It, it's, it's like a huge... Um, uh, should I just go into it? Uh, we can ease into, into it. Go into what? We're already, <laughs> We're already off the um, No, let, let me ask you, actually. Yeah. Um, we, we did not plan, plan any of this before. <laughs> uh, no, but did you always decide you didn't want children, or was that a decision that you made? Or it was well, I mean, growing like when I was really, really young, you know, you're a little girl and you just it's kind of like an automatic thing, like you're going to grow up and have kids. And it, it just seems to be this like, I guess, you know, I don't know if it was just like the 70s as well. You know, that's just the thing. It's all like the family unit and everything. But I was more drawn to my Lego and my Star Wars action figures than Barbies. You know, Barbie was kind of boring for me. <laughs> and, and did you have siblings as well? That, I didn't. I'm an only child. Oh, you're an only child. Yes. Okay. So the only child. 
So your parents essentially had a daughter, kind of a son, playing with the well, it was, with yeah, the Star Wars and all that. It was my um, my mom and my granny that raised me. Actually, okay. so yes, my actually I didn't find out until like years later that my dad was actually married with another family. No. Yeah, so I was like my mother was having my mother like the the very prim and proper person actually had an affair, and then I was an accident. Wow. Yes. Okay. Okay. So maybe we should get your mom on this podcast <laughs> oh God, too. No. You know, I don't know if she would want to open up that whole story. But okay, so you are an only child. Yes, an accident, but not really an accident. Yes, um, we're, we're we're glad you're in this Yay. world. Okay, so then yeah, you were more into sort of the what we we call as a stereotypical boy toys. Yeah, right? the, I was totally a tomboy. Okay, because that still up. bugs me, right? I still hate now in this day and age we give the doll to the girl, you know? Yeah. Or, or I always get infuriated when people buy their little girls to like fake vacuum cleaners and like, you know, little yes. oven sets. I'm like, no, that's not happening anymore. Yeah, exactly. So you never had dolls. Let me ask, did you ever, do you remember I having had a, a face? I had a, just like a few, but it was more, it was more like I wanted to play with, you know, Han Solo and that. Okay. Okay. And so <laughs> As many young girls did in the seventies. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. See, I wasn't, the, I was that, that Barbie girl person. Like I had everything from Barbie, you know, that was just, I grew out of it, but, um, <laughs> I wasn't into Star Wars, actually, but I, I love that you were. Um, and then did you, yeah, so I guess growing up, did you decide, was there a moment or something that happened when you realized you didn't want to have kids? Um, I did. It was, um, uh, and I'll be as gentle as I can to the, the listeners, um, it was uh, two days after Christmas, so December 27th, 1985. I was 14 years old, and uh, it was just wrong place, wrong time. Um, a man followed me into my apartment building and unfortunately um, uh, dragged me to the stairwell, and he raped me. So that was like a really uh, horrific experience. Wow, um, wow that is, uh, yeah, that's a very horrific story. So... Um, I, I'm sorry to ask this, but this this was at your mom's place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I no- had we had just it was it was it was <laughs> it was very. I, I don't want to say the word funny because it's not funny, but I was only going home after shopping with my mom to basically open the door, put down my shopping bag, pick up my overnight bag, lock the door, and head to my friend Catherine's for a sleepover. So I was literally going to be home for 30 seconds, not even stepping inside, mm-hmm. just switching bags. And it was just like... That happened instead. So okay. Well, I know I know you're not in any way making light of the situation. Yeah. I just know for our listeners, um, because you create one woman shows. I understand you've created a one person show about this experience, which allows you to speak about it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not an easy topic. I mean, I can't even imagine going through something like that. But because of that, is it just was it the fear and the circumstances around that? Like, what what was it about that horrific incident that made you decide you? don't want to have children or was it something that happened after basically afterwards i i was able to get to one of the apartments of the assistant super they called uh the police and everything and then i had to call my mom at work and tell her what happened so she came um i have to say the the police who came and uh were talking to me and taking care of me were just incredible i know there's always so many problems with the Toronto Police Department with all these incidents that you hear. But mm-hmm. um, I guess I just like the most horrific experience happened to me. But I was fortunate enough to have two incredibly caring uh, policemen who That's came. Great. That's very good to know. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish like I had 
you know, I knew who they were so I could thank them all these years later. I, I kind of thought about it every once mm. in a while. If it, I mean, obviously, there's a police report with me. But anywho, anyway, yeah. this is a shout out to the lovely gentleman who took care of me, a uh, very scared 14-year-old back then. Yeah. Um, but then we went to um, a hospital for sick children, and I had a three-and-a-half-hour exam, which was, you know, on top of that, you know, pretty harrowing. But the nurses there were really wonderful. Um, and it was after the whole, near the end of the exam, I had one of the nurses, wow, this is a, this is the first time I've thought about this moment in like over 30 years. Uh, one of the nurses came up to me and she was gently saying, um, I'm going to give you a pill to, um, uh, we're not sure if like you, you will be pregnant from this, but we're going to give you a pill, which was basically like the plan B pill okay, years before then. it was okay. called that. How traumatizing at 14. Yeah. To- so to have that happen was the one thing. And then basically once she said that and she gave it to me and then she left the room, that was even more of a shell shock on top of what had just happened. Like that was the, the bigger reaction to me. The thought that of possibly becoming pregnant yes. from this horrible incident yeah wow so it was basically it was basically that moment that i was like this is awful and fortunately i i didn't get pregnant as a result um but it was after that i thought uh well i realized you know there's like evil in the world six months earlier um my best friend from school uh the librarian his name was uh kenneth zeller he was um killed in High Park. It was um, a big gay bashing incident in uh, Toronto's history. Um, It was a bunch of teenagers that just um, beat him with baseball bats. So this was a very (laughs) horrible year for me. Um, So I was just kind of left going, what the hell is going on? I don't understand anything and about so the world. so much to take on for 14. I'm thinking yeah. back to when I was 14. You know, I can't <laughs> even compare to having anything like this happen, you know? Yeah. I just had a bad day at school and, you know, I was angry at my mom all the time and you had to endure all of this. So. Yeah. So I, uh, so, so there, so that left me with, uh, like, I was, um, over the next couple of years, I, um, attempted suicide four times. Um, luckily, didn't succeed. So you know, knock on table. That was oh, that was good. No, but, again, um, we're so glad you're here. You're <laughs> such an amazing woman. So, oh, um, thank you. But yeah. yeah, so it was literally like trying to trying to understand. I mean, you're already messed up in your head as a teenager because you're, you're you've got your hormones and you're lashing out and you're just like you know you don't understand anything. And then to have all of this on top of it is just like nuts. So I. Um, uh, yeah, so I just thought there was like nothing good about the world. I would wake up first thing in the morning and we got like the paper delivered and I would make myself a pot of coffee and I just like, before I went to school, I would just read the paper cover to cover and like basically obsess over all the bad news mm. in the world. Cause it was just like, there's so much going on and I, be- I became obsessed. And it actually, that's my, the origin of like my OCD because, um, this situation happened to me that was so beyond my control and it just triggered something in me. Like if I'm not able to control a situation, then I kind of go a bit nuts and I try to talk myself down, but that's totally how it all started all those years ago. Okay. So yeah. So I um I lost Again, my train of thought. Yeah. No. They, oh, I mean, you just <laughs> unleashed. Like, oh, you know, but for, I, for I, our I, listeners, I'm just sitting here like my <laughs> jaws on the floor. I'm like, 
wow, I'm just listening to. Uh, yeah. You know, so a- I knew that. So that was the thing. I knew that um, I couldn't bring a child into this kind of a world. That was basically it. I was like, how am I supposed to grow up and consciously bring a new life into this world and I, that I couldn't help. Like I couldn't, I wasn't going to be able to protect my child from anything. So I couldn't, there was no way I knew that there was no way I was going to be able to like be okay with that decision. You know, I, I only find that very interesting because, um, you know, again, for, for most people, they know I don't have a child and I'm still in that, just that cusp of deciding whether to have a kid or not. And that is one of the reasons my husband and I, we, you know, we have discussed that mm-hmm. though. And I, and generally I, I find myself to be a positive person, but we watch the news every night and I, you know, read everything going on. And I also have, you know, a huge reason for not wanting to have children is I don't want to bring them into this world. Mm-hmm. And I've been criticized or people often say, oh, it's, it's, you know, life is beautiful. You can, you can protect them from this. You can, you can, you know, life is so much better with a child. And that's, that's a point um, or an argument that I have because I, I feel the exact same way you know, I, it's not a guarantee I can protect mm-hmm. them. And, and the world is just, it's such a crazy place. So it's, it's nice to hear somebody else feel the same way, mm-hmm. you know? I, and I don't mean to be, you know, a pessimist all the time about this, but I say that all the time. And I've said that to my mom when she's asked me. I'm like, we don't know if we want to bring a child into this world. Yeah. You know? It's interesting because, like, for for her and her generation, it's just, it's just what you do. Yeah, exactly. And that's just, like, the mindset, like yeah. I was saying, that we had growing up. It's just this is what you do. You 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 grow up, yeah. you get married, you have a kid, mm-hmm. and it's just like I know, like even watching, you know, every night watching the news and you see what's going on in, in Syria, and it's like if we're gonna bring a child in this world, maybe we should look at adoption or you know, and that's not the answer either. For you know, we can't like solve the world problems by yeah. adopting hundreds of children, but there's so many kids out there that are in need of supportive parents. So you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with not wanting to have a kid because you have fear of bringing them into this world or you think there's other children out there that, you know, you could adopt. Have you, have you ever thought about that? Is that, is that something that crossed your mind? Like other ways of, you know, adopting a child or. No, No. I never did, but I did um, for a while. And I really would like to start it again. I did like the foster child, like pairing, um, paying for um, foster plan. I can't remember the name of it, but I did. I, um, I sponsored a couple of, um, Girls yeah, the foster through that plan is it called? Yeah. That? yeah, and one of them. Um, oh, it was it was really sad, and I stopped. <laughs> I stopped doing it because, um, unfortunately, I spent her for just over a year, and she was she was fourteen, and she drew me this beautiful picture of her family that I still have, but she. Um, the village uh, where she was, it was just like they couldn't get clean water properly, and she ended up uh, passing away from uh, another yeah. tragedy for you. Oh, yeah, and so wow. that, but I was happy that I was able to, you know, at least give money to help her family for a while. But then that that hits yeah. you as well, and I kind of haven't done it. But I thought, well, this happens, but at least I was able to help for a bit. So yeah, but, yeah. There's other ways of of helping, and just because you don't have your own child, there's other ways of reaching out to you know yeah. all the kids around the world. Yeah, and I have no see for a long time. I just I didn't understand why people would have their own children, and if they did, it was just like, oh well, I've lost that friend now because you know, well, your friends have kids, and then obviously they're they're raising their family, mm-hmm. and you. You rarely see them. And I used to be like, oh, well, crap, that friend's gone now. I'm never going to speak to them again. But then over time, like literally 
even into my late 30s, I kind of felt like that. But now it's just like I, you know, I if people choose to have kids, that's I should feel happy for them because that's their decision. Absolutely. And whatever, because I was so in my own mindset for like decades. But it's like if somebody wants to have that, this is going to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And the happiness of my friends makes me happy. That's like, that's all I want. And so if this is going to make them happy, then do it, go for it. And I embrace that. And because, and once I started switching how I thought about that, then I've just become so happy. And I love seeing my friends, uh, pictures of their kids or their videos and everything. Like I can't get enough of that now. So, because it's just like, yeah, this is what they want. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think my chip on my shoulder was that I feel the same way you do that you know, if women want to have kids, by all means, go and have it. And I'm very excited for them as well. You know, I do discuss at my show, all kidding aside, it's more about the pressures we put on women. Mm -hmm. And I do think, and I don't think this is my own shit. I just think people have judged me because I don't have kids yet. Or I've kind of not ever been that woman that is dying to have a child. Yeah, You know, I think we can all be supportive of women who decide to have kids. Because again, it's part of society. It's part of what we do. But if you really make that decision, I don't want to have children. I don't want to bring them into this world. Then people should accept that as well. Mm -hmm. So do you feel judged ever by people for not having kids? Um, I used to, like they, it used to be really hard and I was just like, I just, I just don't want kids. And sometimes I would lie and they said, you know, oh, aren't you going to have kids? Especially when I was with my former husband, they're like, oh, you're going to have kids. Even though I knew I wasn't going to, I was just saying, oh, we might, we're just so busy, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I would just kind of make up an excuse. And now it's just like, nope. Okay, so now <laughs> just, you're just, yeah, you're you're past that point yeah. now. You don't need to lie or make excuses or yes. Okay, and your your first husband did he want children or were you always open about your experience? So the the partner you were with understood what you had been through and understood your decision to never wanting children. <laughs> he he did understand, but to a point. Um, so I mean, this is obviously why that wasn't a main reason, mm-hmm. but um, it was a very controlling relationship so i i pretty much had no like self-esteem or self-confidence during those whole 10 years and i uh it was literally i don't know what it was that sparked something in me Mm -hmm. to finally get up and have the balls to to leave but i did and um because you're a ballsy woman that's what that's what it was Find the, the, you know, the polyester awoke yes, inside of yes. me. Yeah, it was actually really, this is a, I like, this is a story I love. It was, um, because I had thought, I would tried to leave for like four years, but I wasn't, uh, I was too scared to leave because I thought he'd like hurt me. He was never physically abusive, but it was the mental and um, okay. verbal abuse. That's a dick. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, cause I met him at 18. So okay. I That's just young. like, that is young. Here's my Prince Charming. I'm going to go off with him. Um, I just kind of like said, Oh, one day maybe, but then he never, um, really broached it as well. Okay. Um, so I think he kind of just like dropped the subject, but never pushed like, Oh, we're going to have kids. It was only every once in a while. It's like, Oh, I don't want to be 30 and have like my first kid. I don't want to be too old to pick up my first kid or whatever. Okay. But then it slowly, he just stopped talking about it because we just stopped like really okay. talking okay. to each other. Um, and so we were at, it was, um, just, I remember, I remember certain dates in my life, which is 
which is pretty funny. Um, December 23rd, 1999, we went to see... What time? Do you know the time? <laughs> well, it was seeing it was seeing Gene Sibbery okay. in concert at oh, wow. uh, the Trinity Church near Bloor and Spadina. And we were sitting there, and I was just feeling, like, miserable. And because, you know, like, I'm at the concert with him, but I love Gene Sibbery. And it was, like, the seventh time I'd seen her. Like, I just adore her. And we're sitting there in this church, and she's singing all her beautiful songs. And it was literally just this moment that hit me. And I thought, I I have to leave. Like, I got to get out of this. And when we got home, he's like, you know, what's wrong with you? There's like, I could, like you've been acting really weird all night. And I basically said, uh, I can't do this anymore. I have to leave. And you just walked out that door. Not that uh, night. Not, not, not no. Because you he, need to sleep. You need someone to sleep I did. Night. And he, he said it would be easier if I went out and got hit by a bus. Wow. That was wow. <laughs> that okay. was his reaction. Okay, proving my point again. He's a yes. dick. You know what? I live right by that church. I'm going to think of you now every time I walk by that church. Yes, there's something, you know, I imagine with Jane Sibbery and, yes. and the beautiful acoustics in that venue, you know, it's very empowering. She, to, she helps yeah. wake me up. Absolutely. Yeah. Powerhouse of a woman. <laughs> um, okay, and do you care or know where this ex-husband of yours is? Um, I know where he is okay. and it, he can just stay there. Okay, we don't need to, yeah. We're, do, we're done talking about him now. <laughs> it's, we're, all, it's all good. We're, we're yeah. moving on. Um, and, but you're, you're currently married you were yeah, yeah it's be, yeah it's common law so okay. um, but we've been together in august it'll be 10 years wow, yeah. that's amazing yeah okay and he i this guy i'm sure is wonderful he's been with him for awesome. 10 years, so he's always been supportive of the decision not to have kids yes and he he uh not only that he um he celebrates my weirdness Fantastic. and encourages it okay <laughs> We should all embrace everyone's weirdness. We're all weird. We were talking about that before we even started recording this, how, you know, crazy and weird we all are. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. And I'm going back to that horrific story. I just have to know for my, did they ever catch this guy? They didn't. They didn't. Okay. So I, and then after, like after the whole, uh, being at sick kids, we had to go to the police station and this was like 1985. So like it wasn't computers. It was like books and books and books of like mug shots on like printer paper god this sounds like 1970s as yeah. opposed to 85 wow so i just had to like flip through hundreds of pictures and i basically picked the people who looked the closest but they never they never caught him oh that's such an eerie feeling like do you walk around the city ever thinking like i do persons out there like oh i hope i hope that um it's really oh they're so it's when I start talking, I realize like all the effect. Well, I haven't done much with my life. And then I realize all these interesting okay. stories I was doing. Uh, uh, did you hear this woman's bio? And I only read <laughs> half of it. She's done stuff with her life. You've led an amazing life. Well, I left. I left my uh, ex-husband to actually start living because I because you're hearing like all my earlier story. And it's like I didn't I didn't really. So it was literally like a year after my last suicide attempt that I met uh, my ex-husband. So I thought, oh, I'm finally saved. And then it was just like another decade of like this crap. So that's why it was literally the first 30 years of my life were just shit. Well, you Since are, you said the word uh, shit, I'm like, I can say the no. word shit now. <laughs> Decided, yes. So, um, yeah. And then I thought I'm, and it was like leaving right at the start of 2000. It was like literally the clock was at zero. And so I, I was just thinking, okay, I've reset wow. my life and What's here so we go. Like you, you're never too... It's never too late to start really living your life, right? It's true. Like you, you're saying you started at 30 and now you're doing all these amazing things. It's incredible. 
Um, and the money's rolling oh, in. Oh, I know. <laughs> you and I, you and I both. Don't <laughs> tell you what I'm getting paid to do this podcast right now. The lucrative uh, business yes. of one woman shows. I know. I know. That's what we have in common. We love doing it, right? We so do. Yeah. It's it's just. Yeah. And it, and it makes sharing these crazy experiences, you know, that you can talk about them. Like I had I nothing even close to your story, but I had a bad incident happen to me, you know, quite terrible in, in Thailand. Mm-hmm. And then I tell the story now on stage. And uh, to me, it's fine. Like I can tell the story now because I've just worked the story. It's a story. It happened so long ago. You know, when people hear it, they come up to me and they don't know how to react to it. Or mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that happened. Um, and I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Right. So, yeah. I would never take your story lightly. I think it's just completely, I don't even know. I ha- I'm at a loss for words to say what happened to you. It, it's a horrible story. And you'd kind of warned me a little bit you were going to, you know, share this. But um, the fact that you have turned it into a woman, one woman show and talk about it, it's enlightening and empowering for other women to hear your story. Right. And it, it doesn't take away the experience, but you can say it with ease and with you know, you have to find the comedy in it, which sounds crazy as yeah, well. But you really you know, do. You just have to laugh sometimes at these situations. Like, fuck, this is my life. This is what's happening. Yeah. Um, it took, yeah, it took decades, decades to get there. And it was actually, um, I forgot that it was um, 2010, near the end, I saw an ad on uh, Work and Culture, and it was uh, looking for um, people to audition for the Vagina Monologues. And they were hoping which we for... we also have in common. That's right. right. Not the same production, but yes. Same director, yeah. which is wonderful. Alex Dallas, we love you. Yeah, it was hoping for an all-survivor cast. And I hadn't auditioned. I'd only done a few auditions in my life. And I just... Something happened that day for me to see that ad. Mm-hmm. And then I contacted and it was Tanisha Tate. Yes. And... Uh, see, that's who actually directed me. So oh, okay. I, I was in the Vagina Monologues with Alex oh. Dallas, Tanisha Tate directed they what are amazing both. i know they're both incredible women shout we out to both of them you. yes amazing amazing women um and then yeah so then you yeah and then i and so i got in and then it was actually while we were in uh while we were in rehearsals was when the incident happened at york university that um slut walk came out of okay so it was uh sonia and heather who were the ones who put together slut walk and while we were in rehearsals um it was like oh my goodness you know, this is happening. And we went, uh, I went with a couple of people from the production and we were going to march and I hadn't, I'd only been open with the people, uh, with a few people in my life and just the people in the cast that I was with, but I'd never really gone public with it. Mm-hmm. And two hours before I left my house, I actually made a sign and we got there and I marched with this sign. And it was the first time I was like, really open about it and people what did the sign say do you remember i don't i do remember yeah of course Um, you do you remember crazy dates and times (laughs) and where you were i do it said um xmas so christmas 1985 bundled in layers 14 years old how did i deserve it and the i like underlined and uh (laughs) wow so um it would so people would come up to me and just like oh my god thank you for making that sign uh do you mind if i give you a hug i saw other people with like similar signs and it was just um like a huge lift a huge weight has been lifted off Mm -hmm. my shoulders and it was just this amazing healing like group at queen's park and i met so many other people and um i did a couple of like interviews for like um uh the toronto star and the sun Mm -hmm. and uh for tv and it just seemed to like open everything up for me and then i was able to start talking about it because people 
Like people said, oh my God, I heard about this sign and I didn't realize it was yours. Like I was getting all these messages. And then I just started talking about it. And I found that uh, even though I had like physically healed from it from decades earlier, I hadn't really healed so many of like the emotional scars Mm -hmm. and by starting to talk about it i was like oh my god i'm actually starting to feel a lot better and a lot lighter and so now i do what i can to just talk about it Mm -hmm. openly and other people that i've spoken to have gone on and done the same and it's just like this healing path and like i never could have imagined right yeah so now i'm now i get i get too blunt and i have to remember that when i'm saying it I've lived with it for so long, oh. and then I've been talking about it for just a few years now, but um, talking about it to, like, other people, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's hard for us to hear it the first time, you know, we're yeah. in a large it, but you're, you know, you've just been speaking about it for so long. Is that your show, um, Weird Out Save My Life? Is that what, that's the show that you discuss? Yes. Talk about this? Yeah. I basically, it's basically me going through uh, my life decade by decade, okay. and basically giving, like, the Coles Notes version, mm-hmm. and uh, I talk about everything, but I come back to my teenage years at the very end because I thought how do I talk about that so I basically talked about just like growing up with Star Wars and everything and then I jumped to my 20s and then talk about the stupid ex-husbands and that and then I go on and then at the end like near the end of the show then I say I skipped this decade for a reason and then I kind of talk about it so that you you've seen everything that I've gone through despite that so the message at the end is like you know you think you're never going to get through things. Well, I've gotten through this and life life is still oh, really hard. so much. But you have to find... And it was because um, I had insomnia and I couldn't sleep after the attack. I had my little transistor radio under my pillow. Uh, and that's how I discovered the Dr. Demento show on Sunday nights on Chem FM and discovered this new guy called Weird Al Yankovic. And his, okay, yeah. So it was basically listening to his songs and then mm-hmm. discovering him that helped me realize oh my god there's like i'm weird and there's other weird people out there and that's the world i understand not the this one mm. this is the fake world where i get out and live but this one is my real world and so i've basically been drawn to that like my entire life so oh, you're a great great kind of <laughs> Great kind of weird. And a, a shout out to Weird Al because he's awesome. And um, I understand, did you create that show in Tracy's workshop, Tracy Aaron Smith? Um, I started to. So yeah. I had done uh, another wonderful woman, Tracy Aaron Smith. I'd done workshops. She We're was actually shouting out to all the <laughs> fabulous women in Toronto, in exactly. this business, women everywhere. Awesome women. She was actually my first Second City teacher, oh, level A. And okay. that's where I met her in, uh, I guess it was February of 2000. And uh, and then I just, over the years, would just do like another workshop here and there with her. And I'd seen uh, so many people uh, do their their shows and I loved going to it and I thought oh it'd be really nice to like you know wouldn't it be great to have my own one woman show mm-hmm. and then it's just like well what the hell do you do for a one woman show I mean I'm taking all these workshops but I don't know how to write I know. I, a I, show I do love like I always get emails <laughs> from people saying I'd like to do a one woman show can you just let me know how to do it <laughs> I'm like all right in this one email like you know and I, I didn't know either I just fucking did it That's yeah. what, you know I didn't know what I was doing the first time but I just did it yeah you know? And it was, uh, and I thought it'd be, oh, it was something in the back of my mind, but I was just like, oh, you have to actually like write it. And I don't know (laughs) subtext or how to do something at three acts and a climax and then down and the 
ending that wraps everything up. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Um, And then it was the, yeah, it was the passing of Joan Rivers that I I was like. Okay, the ultimate amazing woman. I know we have that in common. Big fan, big fan, yeah. And uh, I was so sad when that day happened. Tracy had sent a, a thing out on Facebook saying, oh, there's this uh, one person comedy festival in New York called Solocom. You should submit to it. And that's and the one I run by the great Peter Michael Marino. Peter Michael Marino, we love you. And uh, yeah, and then it was. The uh, next- sorry, I just think we should do an episode <laughs> where you and I just sit here and we just <laughs> shout out to people. We go, holla. Yeah, yeah. uh, and then the next morning I woke up and I thought, okay, because she, Joan Rivers opened so many doors. Mm-hmm. She, she kicked the hell out of the doors to open up opportunities for so many women women. and female comedians yeah uh and so i got up and i made myself a lot of coffee and i just banged out a submission form for silicon and i sent it because i'm just going to do this and then a couple of weeks later (laughs) i get an email that says hey congratulations i was like oh fuck fuck. That's the best way to do it. That's how I did my first yeah. one. I just put in a submission somewhere, and then like I believe in deadlines, and then I got the you know I got it, and I was yeah. like, now I got to do the show. Yeah, you know, and that's so what I gotta do. and it was also because it was just like, oh, I'm not. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna keep finding excuses here in town. There's always so so many excuses, and then it was like, well, this is New York City, so you have no excuse. You've just been accepted to a festival in New York City. You have to rate your show. And then I did, and I just did it, and I was, like, terrified. I'm terrified every time I go on stage, but I just, like, no, I have to do this. And and I did it, and it went so well. Oh, my gosh. So, you know what I what I love about that? Because, again, as I said, we have that in common. We both do one-person shows. It's, like, that, to me, is sort of what replaces the child, right? It's our baby. Like, yes. creating a show is, like, our child. And I always say that. And, I, and, I, and again, in my show, that's sort of the ending is that, like, I still create. I just create shows and, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like nurturing a child when you're writing the show and you're going through it. Yep. And you don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, never. And you're just a crazy person for months on end. Yeah. Do you, do you kind of feel like, you know, if I were to ask you, is there something in your life that replaces a child? Not that anything can really replace a child, but is that kind of your baby is like writing and, and performing shows? It is because I mean, when you well, basically your your children are kind of like your legacy. That's what is you know when when I'm gone, what's left, mm-hmm. right? Like people can talk about you, but there's like it's like you always leave a legacy, yes. and that's what like your next uh, your children and the next generation is. And so for me, I guess it's my my shows. So like you said, you give birth to this show, and then it's out there for the yeah. world, and. Uh, yeah, so then I think Cause, that because our shows are seen all around the world, <laughs> all over the GTA <laughs> and New York City. Yeah, yeah. yes. Um, I would actually um, my, for my fiftieth birthday, which is in like four years, which, I which wanna... blows my mind. Again, you can't if you don't know Polly, you can't see her. This woman does not look anywhere near fifty. Okay, <laughs> um, I would like to do Edinburgh as my fiftieth yeah. birthday present to myself. As you should. Yeah, we were just talking about that. I'm going back this August. Yeah, that would be that would be a great thing for you to do. Yeah, and, and you know what? I have no doubt that you're going to do it because you are one of these women. You say you're going to do something, and you do it. So it's incredible. Which so. I never, I look back and I'm like, wow, I never could have like, you know, what do you say to your like 20 year old self? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I just kind of like shake her a little bit and go like, you have no idea what's coming up, honey. Just get through it and you'll be, you'll be uh, good. 
Yeah, it's been just incredible talking to you. Um, I just wanted to know, are, is your, your mom still around? You're still close? Do you have a close relationship with your own mother? She, she is uh, She had around. to endure all of this, too, right? Of everything she you've gone did. Through. We're not... Um, we have an interesting relationship. She's n- we're not that close, so I the, I can talk to her, mm-hmm. uh, but we can't have like a heart to heart. But um, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. My my friends are my family, yeah. and you've got a wonderful husband. Yes. Okay, Chris, got- I love you. Oh, hi, Chris. <laughs> I met you, but you seem wonderful. <laughs> and you've got all these shows. I know last night you're a big Twin Peaks fan. Yes. You know, rewatching yeah. everything before the uh, the new series in May. Awesome. All right. Well, like I said, it's been just, I, I feel like we could have like five episodes just talking to you. <laughs> um, there's so much to talk about. I didn't even like crack half of what I wanted to say, but your story was so empowering. And um, I so want to thank you for for being here. Thank you. And, I'm so um, happy you, you have yeah, me. Gonna, I'm going to give you a big hug since we're wrapped <laughs> up this. I'm just, I got to give you a hug. And um, yeah, just thank you for everything. That was awesome. That was polyester. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening. I'm Crystal Bartelzi, and our podcast is All Kidding Aside. And if you want to reach out to us, questions, comments, reach us at allkiddingasidepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much. That's been our podcast, All Kidding Aside. I've been your host, Crystal Bartenzi. And if you like what you're listening to, why not go on iTunes and subscribe? And you can even leave us a review. Five stars would be amazing. And if you want to get in touch with us with any comments or questions, you can reach us at allkiddingasidepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.